You're listening to The Pipeline Show with Gee Flaming. You know, I hear the camera adds 10 pounds. Looks like you've eaten five cameras. Welcome back to The Pipeline Show. We move from the Q to the O as the Ontario Hockey League playoffs also get set to uh, kick off this weekend. Sam Cosentino, our CHL insider for the thestorenextdoor.ca, is back. And uh, Sam, it, again, the Ottawa 67s have been the uh, the number one ranked team out of the OHL, the top ranked club out of the OHL, pretty much from wire to wire this year. In your mind, are they considered to be the favorites? I really like their club composition. It's extremely deep. They've got a nice uh, mix of, of youth and experience. Uh, you know, they got the sniper and Ty Feliber. I think the one thing that they that they would lack is that one guy who can change a game on a dime. Um, and you know, is how important is that with the depth that they have? I'm not really sure that that is a huge issue for Ottawa. But I love their goaltending because Michael DiPietro was brought in in a low. He hasn't played as well there. This is the time of the year when he seems to step up. You know, having said that, he's only got three or four playoff wins in his career because the year that Windsor hosted the Memorial Cup, I think he only had three wins, and he might have one or two more additional in addition to that. So, you know, but he's played at a World Juniors, and he's won a Memorial Cup. So those are really important, you know, checks to have on your resume. Um, and should he fail uh, or falter, Cedric Andres had one of the greatest years for what would be considered a backup uh, of anyone that maybe I've ever seen in my 14 years, hmm. you know, with his win totals, his goals against. So they're really capable, um, you know, starting from the goaltender out. Um, you know, guys like Ohachuk, who's draft eligible this year, uh, Kevin Ball in the back end, just signed with Arizona. They've got a lot of good anchors back there. You know, a guy like Graham Clark, who's expected to go and probably in the top 50 picks this year, is essentially playing third and fourth line minutes. So they do have that depth up front. Um, I really like their hockey club. Now, having said that, Guy, there's some really interesting things going on in the, in the Eastern Conference. It's much stronger this year than it has been in quite some time. Uh, I look at the Sudbury Wolves, uh, the Niagara Ice Dogs, the Oshawa Generals as four teams that would not surprise me if either one of those teams ended up coming out of the conference. But I do, because of their depth, put Ottawa slightly ahead of the class. Well, the Niagara Ice Dogs, they score a ton of goals, don't they? 326 uh, goals for this year. And they don't give up a whole lot, only 209. I think Ottawa is the only team in the conference who have uh, allowed fewer goals than that. So Niagara's got a lot going on. Uh, I should have asked you about them when we were talking news and notes because uh, news for them off the ice, their uh, big uh, infraction penalty from the OHL for violating recruitment uh, rules reduced significantly. Uh, now only have to pay 150 grand in just one first-round pick. What would you make of that decision, by the way? Pretty interesting. I think that had the two things stayed where they were, it would have been crippling to the franchise, which has been a you know a really good franchise since moving there. The the ownership and the city have worked hard together to to get into the new building. It's one of the best buildings in all of junior hockey, the Meridian Center. Um, so they traded so much away this year that to take their first to picks in each of the next two drafts would have been and that might have set them on a course of six or seven years before they got back to any sort of prominence. So it does ease some of that pain, uh, no doubt. But when things like this go sideways in the league, you still have to send a strong message that that type of behavior is not going to be tolerated. And while, you know, Niagara may seem to want to pass the buck, um, you know, the fact of the matter is someone has to be responsible in the here and now, mm-hmm. and that's the current ownership group. Uh, and obviously, uh, with things getting reduced the way they have, they'll be a lot happier than they were yesterday 
uh, you know, at this point. Well, off ice hasn't seemed to have uh, affected the on ice performance of the Ice Dogs. Uh, Jason Robertson led the OHL in regular season scoring 117 points. And this is a team with a lot of firepower uh, and definitely expected to go pretty far. Yeah, three 100-point guys. So that's a pretty cool thing to have in the final um, day of the regular season. Akeel Thomas and Ben Jones were both able to, to eclipse that century mark. So that's really neat. You know, Stephen Dillon, their goaltender, is a guy who's really interesting to me because he has game-stealing potential. Uh, he just hasn't shown it on, enough on a consistent basis. So we'll see if he's going to be able to get that uh, turned around and play more consistently. But the one thing is for sure, this team does have the ability to win high-scoring games based on the firepower that they have. Now, what makes uh, Oshawa and Sudbury contenders in your mind, Sam? Well, Sudbury, it's uh, Yuko Pekka Lukanen in goal. Yeah. To me, he's probably the best goaltender in the Ontario Hockey League. Um, and, and so not only does this guy have game-stealing potential, I think he has series-stealing potential. And that's what makes Sudbury really dangerous. You know, uh, Bud Stefanski was hired on uh, as Corey Stillman's assistant coach. And Bud Stefanski, who most recently worked in scouting with the Toronto Maple Leafs, spent a lot of time in the Ontario Hockey League. And yes, the game has changed. But he's a no-nonsense guy who I have gotten to know quite well over the years. And I think he's really helped Corey in a lot of different areas in sending direct messages to their players, in, in making sure that the demands that the coaches have are met by the players. Um, and, and the interesting thing is Corey Stillman now in, in his second go-around probably learned a ton last year, maybe even more than he'd be willing to admit just about the league and about how things uh, work as a head coach and the things that go beyond coaching that as a head coach, you need to take care of, whether it's billeting parents, you know, dealing with agents, um, you know, and all the auxiliary things outside of coaching. So I think those two have just done a brilliant job this year. Now they score by committee. They play a hard, heavy physical brand. Um, they got a couple guys in the back that are underrated, but I, I like their team game. I just don't know if they have the high, high-end firepower. But what makes them contenders for me is the goaltender. I really think that he has series-stealing potential. So no upsets in the OHL's uh, Eastern Conference uh, in the first round, you don't think? I don't think so on the Eastern side. So, And to touch on Oshawa really quickly. Oh, too. sorry. Again, yeah. yeah, you know, uh, they in goal, Kyle Kaiser, world junior experience. You know, he's he's been around the block here a little bit. Uh, on the back end, uh, Leighton Moore is healthy now. Even though he's a 16-year-old, they're, they're going to lean on him for some pretty big minutes here coming down the stretch. And he's a player that they absolutely love. What I liked about Oshawa is that they made a couple of tweaks at the deadline. And when you look at the numbers of the personnel they replaced, the numbers weren't all that different. What was interesting, though, is that they were able to acquire Leighton Moore and a couple of more picks, yet essentially come out of the, the trade the portion with with a lineup that looks similar yeah. with more experience, you know, Brandon Sage won of the OHL championship last year with Hamilton. So he's been a big piece there moving forward. So I, I like their hockey club because of that. Greg Walters, their head coach is the re up. So they've, they're really happy with the job he's done. Um, and again, I, I like their team, but I don't see any upsets in the Eastern conference. All right. In the West, you've got the usual suspects in the London Knights and the Sioux Greyhounds, and then some newcomers, haven't seen Guelph uh, there since 2014, and the Saginaw Spirit are uh, having a terrific year as well, uh, really loaded up at the trade deadline. Those four teams uh, significantly ahead of the uh, rest of the pack in the Western Conference. Uh, I guess maybe start with, is there an upset in the making at all in the uh, the Western Conference either? 
No, again, I don't see it there. What, yeah. Where things are going to get interesting for me is, is after this first round. What happens? You know, you're going to have London. Likely you're going to have London, uh, you know, Saginaw, Guelph, and Sault Ste. Marie. Sault Ste. Marie you can never discount because of their experience. They've been there. They've done it. Matthew Vellato is the most tenured goaltender in terms of wins in all the CHL. He has got 15 of them in his career. 14 of those came last year as they won the, the Western Conference. Um, you know, Morgan Frost, unbelievable year. Likely, if he didn't get suspended, would have won a scoring title. Uh, there's a lot to like about Sault Ste. Marie, but their experience, I think, is the key factor there. To me, well, on paper, has the best team, but they've been banged up. And I don't know if all their injured guys are going to be participating at least early on in their first round series they may not need them need them to the one area that there's some concerns with golf is anthony popovich and goal he just doesn't have that that playoff experience and his numbers are very pedestrian throughout the course of the regular season now when i move down the list saginaw to me is one of the most interesting teams in the lot you know you've got a couple of guys there that might have potential to go play ahl games um but they've really done a good job uh, going out and securing pieces here and there, most notably Owen Tippett and, and Ryan McLeod from, from Mississauga. Yet they already had a nice group of players in place. But the same thing goes with them. Ivan Prozvedov is their goaltender is an Arizona prospect. He can be really up and down. Mm. But in general, that might be the team that uh, that could sneak up on somebody, especially in round number two. The London Knights are the London Knights. You got Boquist and Bouchard in the back. You got Foodie, Formanton, the Killer B's in the back, the Killer F's up front with, with uh, Foodie and Formanton. You got Connor McMichael who's had a brilliant year. A lot of people don't give Kevin ha- Hancock the credit that he deserves, but here's a well tenured guy with a couple of long runs with Owen Sound, you know, 107 points, 50, 50 plus goals, 50 plus assists. He's that one kind of dynamic game changer that I think London felt that they needed to to, to take it to the next level. So I think in the Western Conference, things get really interesting in, in round number two. And that's where you might see, you know, an upset where, you know, maybe a golf if they don't get the full health, maybe Sault Ste. Marie goes down, you know, maybe Saginaw is the one that emerges from the pack there. Well, and really, when you've got four teams separated by nine points, if all those four get to the second round, really wouldn't be upsets, would they? I mean, you'd basically coin tosses in both those uh, second yeah. round series. Yeah, no, no, really, 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 really strong team. So, you know, I, again, London with this franchise experience to me has a slight leg up on the competition, but that's, that one's really too close to call. And I'll be perfectly honest with you. You could make a case for any one of those four teams, and it wouldn't surprise me if any one of those four teams uh, emerges the Western Conference champ. And any of those four teams could give, uh, say it's Ottawa on the other side as the number one ranked team in the, in the league. Any four of those uh, Western teams? I could also give uh, Ottawa a handle too. Oh yeah, I don't. I don't think there's any question about that. I think that's. I think the OHL championship is poised to be like like really good and and lengthy and 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 difficult. I don't think Ottawa is going to be able to to walk right through the league. They might have a, a bit of an easier time in the Eastern Conference, but they won't be that way in the final. We've handled the queue. We've done the OHL. Up next is the Western Hockey League playoffs. We'll continue with Sam Cosentino when we come back here on the Pipeline Show. Obey Kubel, in on Orman, gets by, saved by Jari, what a stop, another chance, Richard, saved by Jari, another chance, did they get through, Jari down, covers it up in a huge pile in front, Tristan Jari keeps the Oil Kings season alive. Hey, it's Tristan Jari from the Edmonton Oil Kings, and you're listening to the Pipeline Show. 
Edmonton Oil Kings are hosting their first ever playoff series at Rogers Place. Be a part of it all as they face off with the Medicine Hat Tigers. Don't miss a moment of the chase for WHL Supremacy. Game one goes down this Saturday night at 7.30. Then, the Oil Kings look to keep momentum rolling into game two this Sunday at 6 p.m. The WHL playoffs are back in Edmonton. Fear the roar. Great family entertainment at Rogers Place starts at just $21 a seat for a single game ticket. Save on day of game pricing now at oilkings.ca. 